0: Good morning, happy Tuesday to you Welcome into the program Hope your day is starting off right If not a little damp And at least it's not as muggy As it has been But the weather last night If you were If you were watching Monday Night Football uh, They certainly, Channel 5 Never gave up On the Push for everybody to be aware that there was, uh, the war, uh, the potential for flooding and with good reason, because if you look at some of the stories this morning about the flooding that happened out a little bit more West or, or central mass from us, they got pummeled and it could be that the weather is only going to get worse before the end of the week. Uh, I didn't watch much Monday Night Football, but I clicked over a few times. Um, of course, Monday nights I'm going to watch Monday Night Raw until it's time to go to bed. Went to sleep at about ten o'clock, but I kept uh, kept flipping over and seeing what was going on on the football game. And I, listen, I'm never gonna I'm never gonna celebrate when someone gets hurt, but isn't it just like a totally Jets thing to happen to have Aaron Rodgers? have a potentially season-ending injury on the fourth play of the first game. Doesn't that sound just like the New York Jets? Coming in with all the hype, the hard knocks, all of that stuff, and then four plays in. Well, so much for that. Uh, And, you know, of course, we we never want to see someone with a a season-ending injury, especially in the first game. But it could potentially be that. Uh, I believe it's a, a ligament issue. So that means it could be something that puts Aaron Rodgers out for the entire year. I'm not a big Aaron Rodgers fan. Certainly not a big Jets fan. But you don't want to see their entire plan for the season blow up four plays in. However, the Jets were victorious, upsetting the Bills, which means it's now anybody's AFC East, at least here in the early going. So the Patriots, this Sunday night, when they take on the Dolphins, they have a chance to show that they could be in the mix early because I think, you know, I think a a Zach Wilson led Jets team isn't going to make a lot of noise. Certainly could beat the Patriots twice. But I I think that the Patriots have a golden opportunity here in front of them if they can pull things together. So anyway, if you were watching the game, you saw those flood warnings uh, appearing on the screen, and it seems it was more serious in other parts of Massachusetts, but certainly Bristol County was showing up, Plymouth County was showing up in those warnings. Uh, again, I went to sleep at 10, so I don't know how bad the storm got. I know that when I went to sleep at 10 o'clock, I could hear it out the windows. I don't know how late you stayed up and how much you heard of it, but it certainly seemed like it was something to be taken seriously. I also don't know how much it rained here over the weekend because I was in Harrisville, Rhode Island, Burville all weekend long, but we got a significant amount of rain out that way. So this is, this is the time of year for it, right? You know, you're going to get a lot of rain in September and October and into November, but we're keeping an eye on Hurricane Lee, which the uh, Standard Time South Coast today has a story where they spoke to a number of harbor masters across the South Coast. And many of them were suggesting taking your boat out of the water. If you haven't already, I'm sure some of you like to wait till the last minute because, you know, you get a nice what they call Indian summer. You get a nice stretch of warm weather, maybe uh, maybe Columbus Day you have off. You want to be able to take the boat out one last time. I mean, for years, I lived across the street from the the launch for all the boats that would go into my pond, not my pond, but the pond of my neighborhood. And you would see, like Columbus Day, after 4 or 5 p.m., the line of cars, the line of trucks just taking those boats out of the water. Because people just want to hang on and and wait for the last vestiges of boating season. So I don't know how many of you are going to take your boat out of the water ahead of what this storm could be. Because we don't really know what the track of it is. But as the harbor masters are warning in that article if you wait and it does look like the hurricane is going to affect us and affect us significantly, well, then everybody's down there all at once. So they are encouraging that if you, if you think you could be done for the season, maybe you should be done for the season. Because it's, is, it, is it worth risking losing your boat for maybe another weekend or two? that's up to you it's it's your boat it's your money i always thought especially you know living on the pond as long as i did that i at some point that i would get a boat not nothing fancy nothing expensive but that i would get something and i never did because i kept saying to myself you know the minute you buy one You have a lot of responsibility for it. And I just didn't trust myself with that responsibility. Like what would happen to me in a week like this? I'm like, well, I don't have time to get down there and and get it out of the water. So I guess we'll just ride it out and see what happens. But what are you making any plans for the storm? Are you thinking that it's going to come here? Because we have a, a bit of a tendency... Not only in New England, specifically in Massachusetts, and especially on the South Coast, to take a wait-and-see approach. Where we are, we've been fortunate that we haven't had a lot of direct hits in recent years. We usually get the remnants of a hurricane. Usually, they're tropical storms or Category 1s by the time they hit us. The last significant one we had was Hurricane Bob. What was that, 91? But some of the more recent ones, I say more recent, you know, a decade ago, there was Sandy and then there was another one around that same time. I can't remember which one it was, but those hit us, you know, pretty decently. But it wasn't anything that we had to put Hurricane Bob type preparation into. And part of the reason why Bob was so devastating is because people didn't take it seriously enough. At the time I lived on the Cape, I lived in the town of Forestdale, which is uh, a part of Sandwich. And I lived right on, right at the entrance to Otis Air Force Base. Off of uh, Snake Pond Road, if anybody's familiar with that. And that's a little bit inland, I guess you would say. I mean, obviously we're on Snake Pond. But it's not directly on the water. And the damage in our neighborhood, in our area, was still pretty significant. During the eye, my dad took us out for a walk. We went around the neighborhood and saw, you know, trees that had landed on houses. All the trees down around Snake Pond had been uprooted. In fact, it turned into a whole thing because nobody could go to the beach for a couple of weeks because the trees that had come down all had very large hornets' nests in them. And so the beach was actually inundated with hornets until someone came and removed them, removed the trees. But again, this was because you know people didn't think to plan for this. They didn't think it would be as bad. And, and every time a hurricane has the potential to hit us, this becomes the question. Do you prepare and end up not needing it because it it takes a shift? Or do you wait it out and see and then scramble if it takes a shift, the wrong shift? So I don't know how much you're putting into Hurricane Lee as someone who is... Scheduled to be in Marlboro all weekend. I'm just keeping an eye on what's going on. I mean, obviously out in Marlboro, I don't really have to worry about a hurricane. By the time it gets over that much land, it wouldn't be that strong out that way. But my plan is, since it's only an hour away, to drive back and forth between the South Coast and and Marlboro every day. So, you know, heading out there Friday afternoon, for the Friday afternoon, evening portion of this convention, coming back Friday night, going back Saturday morning, coming back Saturday night, going back Sunday morning, coming back Sunday night. And if if the storm is going to be significant, if it's going to be happening during that time period, maybe I will just get a room out there, stay out that way and not have to risk driving in that type of weather. But that's really the only preparation I have to make. For a lot of you, there's a lot more that goes into it. A lot more to be concerned with. I still, you know, remember when Hurricane Gloria came, 1985, was that? I think so, right? 85 or 86, we had... Not lived in Plymouth very long and in our apartment, condo, townhouse. I don't know what they would call it exactly. But in in the place where we lived, we had some large sliding glass windows. And I remember my dad putting the, the, the tape with the X. I mean, it turned out that was the storm we needed it for the least of all the ones that we've gone through. But still, that kind of preparation can save you a lot of trouble. What was it? Uh, I think it was 19, fall of 89 that Hurricane Hugo came. By the time it came to us, it was a tropical storm. And at the time, I lived on the other side of Sandwich. I lived in East Sandwich, which was still, I was still. A couple of miles away from the ocean. I was in the woods, the place where we lived. We moved around a lot because the the family kept growing. But I remember that storm being worse where I lived than Hurricane Glory had been, you know, living in Plymouth. So you can never tell exactly how it's going to affect. You can only plan how much are you planning? You can give me a call, 508-996-0500. I'm not trying to fear monger. I I know that I defend the media a lot to people that will call in with their media conspiracy theories. And some of it just doesn't make any sense. The agendas that people see. The only agenda that the media has is to get you to watch. That's the only thing that they care about. They're not trying to influence the way that you think. I mean, you know, certain people might be. But overall, they're just trying to get you to watch. And in that regard, I agree with people who think that they severely overplay the weather in order to get people to tune in. But when it comes to a hurricane, I don't know that you can give people too much information. You know, hyping up a snowstorm that turns out to be two inches is a little bit different than having something that's on a path of uncertainty for many, many days and just keeping an eye on it because, God forbid, you're wrong about it and you undersell it to the audience and people aren't prepared. So it's okay, in my mind, if something like this gets a little bit overhyped. I would much rather have them be all exacerbated about it. And then on Thursday, tell us, oh, it took a turn out to the east, so we're going to be okay. Than to have them say for days and days, "Ah, eh, don't worry about it. And then 12 hours out, say, here it comes, folks, batten down the hatches. So I don't mind a little bit of overhype for something like this. Because I'd rather have people be prepared. We have a couple of articles at WBSM.com if you want to check it out. And of course, we'll be following all the news about the storm. We'll have updates for you as necessary. If you go to our site, you can read Barry's article, which will... uh, well, you know what, let me just give you the the quote from Mayor Mitchell. So Barry's article kind of deals with the same idea of, you know, being being prepared. But here's what uh, Mayor Mitchell provided to Barry as a statement. The city is closely monitoring Hurricane Lee. While it is too soon to determine whether the storm will affect our area, city departments have already begun planning and preparing for possible impacts out of an abundance of caution. I encourage residents to monitor local media over the next several days as the path and intensity of the storm becomes more clear. So there you have it. It's not you know, it's not an overreaction. It's not doom and gloom, it's not hype. It's just saying this could potentially be serious. We are already looking at that as a possibility and making preparations and we encourage everyone to stay tuned and to 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 stay informed so that they can make the best decisions if it does become something serious. Because I'm sure all of you out there can can call in and share a story of a time that you, you didn't prepare for a storm. But you didn't take a storm seriously and got caught off guard. It's happened to me. Usually with snowstorms, I say, Ah, it's never gonna be that bad. And then I'm snowed in for a day or two. Was it uh, 2015? Was that the year that we had the the two blizzards? And I said, "Ah, I'll get out there and shovel tomorrow when all the snow stops. Whoops. Should have definitely done that as the storm went along. And then I think it was two years ago. I had the most snow I ever had to shovel out of the driveway. Still don't know how I got through that. How was how did I phys- how did me at that time in the physical shape that I was in get, get all that snow out of the driveway. And only in the course of a couple of hours, too. Sometimes sometimes you know how they say like moms can lift up a car if their child is in danger? I hate snow so much that I must gain like super strength and speed when it comes to having to shovel it because I just channel all that rage and anger. Into making the shovel work. 508-996-0500. Going to take a break and be back in a few moments. You know, you don't you didn't have to go to Africa to see the rains last night because uh, we had a significant amount here. We can talk more about that, plus a bunch of other things coming up on the other side of the news and your phone calls. 508-996-0500. You can also send in app chat messages via the WBSM app. And you can also send open line voicemail messages via the wbsm app if it's easier for you to record your thoughts and send them on over i can preview them during the news or during a commercial break and then we can play them here on the air but right now it is time to go into the newsroom with adam bass
1: House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is expected to endorse an impeachment inquiry into President Biden. Punchbowl News reporter Jake Sherman reports that McCarthy will tell Republican House members in a closed meeting this week that launching an inquiry is, quote, the next logical step in their probe of Hunter Biden and the president. Sherman reports that currently no link between both the president and his son has been uncovered that he personally profited off of his son's work and that Senate Republicans are cautioning against impeachment of the president. Hurricane Lee could become a Category 4 storm later today. The slow-moving Lee is currently out in the Atlantic bringing rip currents to Florida and the Caribbean, but forecasters say it's unlikely to hit the East Coast. By Wednesday, the storm is expected to start heading north, parallel to the coast. New England remains on alert as there's a small chance the storm could impact the region over the weekend. The FDA is approving updated COVID-19 boosters from Pfizer and Moderna. The updated shots target Omicron subvariants circulating through the U.S. A CDC advisory committee will meet this week to review the safety and efficacy of the jabs and vote on the recommendations for who should get the booster. Former President Trump is asking a federal judge to remove herself from his 2020 federal election interference case. Brian Shook reports. In a court filing Monday, Trump's lawyers claimed the Obama-appointed judge made disqualifying statements while sentencing two people for their roles in the January 6th Capitol riot. They added that those statements would taint his right to a fair trial in Washington, D.C. Last month, the judge scheduled Trump's trial to begin in March of 2024. He's pleaded not guilty to all charges in the case. I'm Brian Shook. The Biden administration is clearing the way for a prisoner exchange with Iran to free five Americans being held there. It has issued a waiver for foreign banks to transfer $6 billion in Iranian oil funds that have been held up by U.S. sanctions. All five Americans were transferred from prison to house arrest in Tehran while the agreement between the U.S. and Iran was finalized. A new poll suggests over half half of Americans believe artificial intelligence will impact the outcome of the 2024 presidential election. Mark Mayfield with more. The Axios Morning Consult poll found 53% of respondents said misinformation spread
0: by AI will impact who wins. 35% said AI will decrease their trust in election advertising. Of that group, 42% voted for Donald Trump in 2020 and 33% for President Biden. This comes as generative AI tools have become more
1: popular and widely available. I'm Mark Niefeld. In sports, the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees didn't get to play yesterday because their game was raining out. They will resume their game today and start anew at 1.35 p.m. at Fenway Park. Your weather forecast, 69 degrees right now, mostly cloudy in New Bedford. It's going to be... Very humid today, partly sunny with a chance of a shower in the morning. Tonight, partly cloudy and humid, 66 degrees. And tomorrow, a couple of showers and a thunderstorm with temperatures reaching 79 degrees. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM. And get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app.
0: Make you up better than that extra large cup of coffee? No. More Tim Weisberg on WBSM.
1: To the song that playing on the radio Let's Sway While color lights up your face. Sway. sway through the crowd to
0: an taste face. Welcome back in, 508-996-050. You can also send in those app chat messages and those open line voicemail messages on the WBSM app. We also have on the uh, website and on the app all the details we're going to be giving away up to $30,000 starting next week. So you can check out all those details at WBSM.com or on the app and find out how you can enter to win some money, right? Because nothing would be better this time of year than some free money. Money you can get ready for The winter bills, money you can get ready for your holiday shopping, although some of you crazy folks have already finished all your holiday shopping. My mom is usually done in like July. I don't don't get it. Don't get how you can be thinking about the holidays in the middle of the summer, but she gets it done early. I could never do that. I mean, I'm Uncle Gift Card. I just give out gift cards to all my nieces and nephews, and even even my son. You know, I give him gift cards or cash or something because he never really knows what he wants. And sometimes I'll get something for him. You know, I usually have what I call the dad gift, like something that I was like, here, I thought you would like this, but it's never like anything too serious. And, you know, usually I'll give him a joke gift or something. But the people who haven't done their shopping yet, the people who haven't even planned their holiday shopping yet, a nice boost of cash would certainly help with that. And you can find out more at WBSM.com and on the app. Uh, Adam had mentioned this earlier in the news. Actually, Phil Devitt had uh, discussed it. But the case in Chatham of the 14-year-old boy who was indicted on charges of attempted murder and assault with a dangerous weapon in connection with an incident that happened at Goose Pond. In which uh, he attacked a boy, according to the DA, in an alleged racially motivated attack. He has now been released into the custody of his father. He has to wear a GPS monitoring device and he has to stay at his father's house. But he is out of detention. He is out of, you know, he's no longer being held. Uh, he is uh, 14 years old. He met with the his name. I'm, I'm not going to give his name, even though his name is out there. I just don't think you need to put the name of a juvenile out there that uh, hasn't been convicted yet. And But he met with the victim, a 15-year-old black boy and another boy who is white at the pond on July 19th. And this the suspect here is accused of picking up a stone, threatening the victim with it, and directing a racial slur at him shortly after they met up. Then the DA said the boys entered the pond. The victim put on his life jacket and informed the other boys that he could not swim. The three boys then entered the water together. Sheeran was accused of pulling the victim's life jacket and submerging him underwater about four to five times, causing him breathing distress, while the third boy was laughing at him and called him George Floyd. And that the attack continued as the suspect then swam underneath the victim and attempted to grab his feet in an attempt to again pull him out of the water. The incident came to an end when the victim started yelling for someone on shore to help him and a bystander came to his aid. Now, Kevin Reddington is the attorney for this young boy, the suspect here, who said, I can assure you at this point, this young man had absolutely no intent to murder his friend. It was a stupid act that was carried way too far. And we first heard about it. That's what I said, too. I said, it just sounds like horsing around in the water. And not taking the kid seriously when he said, hey, I can't swim. That him making that statement and wearing the life vest was enough for these boys to decide to start harassing him. And that, you know, they probably thought, well, he's got a life jacket on. He'll be fine if we mess with him a little bit. And as I said, you know, the... Racial motivations of the attack, I guess it would depend on what the slurs are and, you know, what the intent was behind them. Certainly he should never make those statements. But making, you know, saying stupid things and having it be a racially motivated attack are two different things. You know, when I was growing up, I had kids in the schoolyard that would tease me and call me Jew boy, but I never felt like they were anti-Semitic because they made those comments. I had a friend one time when I was very, very young, drew a swastika and gave it to me. And I didn't even know what it was at that time. That's, That's how I learned about it. That's how my parents told me what it meant. But I didn't go back to school thinking that my friend was a Nazi and wanted to see me die. He just wanted to be a jerk and thought that that was funny. So there's a difference between saying things that clearly you should not say, but also having it be a racially motivated attack. But then an interesting little tidbit comes out of this story. That... The prosecutors also said during Monday's hearing that just hours after the July incident at Goose Pond, I'm sorry, yeah, just hours after, uh, the suspect got into a fight with a teenager of Asian descent, punching that teen in the face and calling him slurs. Well, so now what are you doing? Now you're just out there making racial, racial statements to all kinds of people. That's not just teasing a friend. That's showing that maybe there are racial motivations behind these attacks. And, you know, maybe the boy's having some issues. Maybe there's some problems that need to be addressed that are manifesting in this way. But still, now you've got a, a pattern if this is true. But the boy has been released from custody. He is now in the care of his father and on a GPS monitor. So at least he, you know, will be able to stay home. While awaiting the next phase of this trial. But I think there'd be far more outrage about this story. If. People just didn't look at this as probably just a teenager acting like a dope. That's what I thought that it was originally. But maybe it's not that. Anyway, 508-996-0500. Let's take a break and be back in a few moments.
1: (sighs) Just as I thought it was going all right, I found out I'm wrong when I thought it was right. It's always the same.
0: Welcome back in 508-996-0500. So because I don't know, people have asked me to, to keep talking about my weight loss journey. And I I don't, I don't want to be that person that becomes obnoxious about it. But at the same time, it's a, it's a big motivation for me to like, say, put a post up on Facebook and see people's reactions. And then it's almost like I'm making myself accountable And I'd always kind of gone back and forth with this when I tried to lose weight in the past, where I'd say, do I want to put something up on social media about it, or I just want to do it? And I always said, you know what, I'm just going to do it because, like, nobody cares. Nobody wants to see posts about it again and again and again. But I have come to realize that maybe had I done that, I would have had, you know, because I'm only accountable to two people right now, myself and my doctor, you know. Well, two doctors, because now that I'm on the medical weight loss plan, I have a, a doctor assigned for that. So, those two doctors and myself are the only ones that really know what my true weight is. And that are keeping track of all this stuff. So, I could really not have any accountability except to myself and to them. And then I probably wouldn't succeed as much. So by putting it out there and and having people follow along, I feel like it's made it so that I have to keep going. And it's, it's not like it's hard for me because I'm taking this medication so that's helping and I'm doing the right things. And so therefore, it's just kind of naturally working. It's not like it... it It sounds weird to say, but it's not like I'm putting a whole lot of effort into this process. Taking this medication has made it so that I'm I'm not battling hunger. I'm not battling the desire to stuff my face. And it's made it a lot easier to stay on the plan. But still, like going to something like I did this past weekend and having everybody say how good I look and all of that. It definitely is a motivating factor. So while it may not be a big deal in the grand scheme of things, you know, yesterday marked, I got on the scale and I weighed 233 pounds. Today I'm at 232.4, but yesterday I was 233 and that marked 50 pounds down from the most that I had ever weighed. In December, because... And I don't know that that's the most I've ever weighed, but it's the most I have on record. Because I went back through all of my, you know, I have South, I go through South Coast Health as my provider. So I have the MyChart app. So I went through all of my visits going back to when I started with them back in 2020. And I was able to see what my weight was at all of my different doctor's appointments. And the most that I had ever weighed was last December, December of 2022. I weighed 283 pounds. And so now I am 50 pounds down from where I was there. So I had lost about 10 pounds or so between December of last year and when I started this weight loss journey in July. Actually, it was more like uh, like June that I started because I I lost about 10 pounds. Wow. Well, I don't know how many exactly, but I lost some weight before I started taking the medication. But still, 50 pounds down from where I was not even a year ago. About 40 down from where I was when I started doing this, 45 or so. So to me, that's a a pretty big accomplishment. And as people were posting on my, uh, people were commenting on my post about it, you know, go pick up a 50-pound bag of dog food. Go pick up a 50-pound bag of onions, which let me just say right now I should not do because I'm on a, I'm on a weight restriction, a lifting restriction um, after my surgery last week. So I can't do that right now. But I also know how big a 50-pound bag is. I used to carry 50-pound bags of potatoes up and downstairs all the time. In fact, when I was, you know, in the thick of it and a cook every day, I could carry a 50pound bag of potatoes in each shoulder. But I know what that is and to, to realize that that's what's off my body. That's what I was carrying around every day was a sack of potatoes. And now that's gone. I can't wait to get the next sack of potatoes off now. So it's been very helpful. It's been very um, motivating and I would recommend that if you are going to go on a weight loss journey, do post something about it. Do let your community of friends and family help keep you accountable for it. All right, got to take my final break of the hour. Be back in a few weeks. All right, that's going to do it for this first hour. We'll take more of your phone calls in the next hour, 508-996-0500. More of your app chat messages, more of your open line voicemails, all from the WBSM app. Whatever is on your mind, we'll also talk some more about what are your plans.